How's it going, everybody? Adrian here from The Gaming Observer, and welcome back to your daily news update for Wednesday, January the 20th. We've got lots of news to talk about today, unlike yesterday. So let's jump right in. I don't want to waste any time. First of all, Hitman 3 is releasing today, as I mentioned yesterday, and the review embargo has now lifted. Now, I can easily recommend the first two games for you. They are intricately designed assassination games that place you on these giant maps that you can just explore to your heart's content. And so what I care about is how Hitman 3 stacks up against the other games. And the good news is that it does that very well. Most of the reviewers say that this is a solid entry into the series. Now, something that has been made very clear by the reviews is that the story and the plot matter much more than before, apparently. Uh, Many people, myself included, have usually just tossed away the story, kind of as a backdrop to the core gameplay loop. But reviewers are saying IO Interactive made it matter in what is now the, you know, capstone of the series. The story apparently integrates with the six new maps in ways that we haven't seen before. And in fact, the maps themselves are also more complex. They're throwing things at you like murder mysteries and puzzles and branching plots. Of course, we also have some new mechanics, like Agent 47 now has a camera that he can use. Or instead of just automatically using keypads, you have to manually use them. And then, of course, a graphical update on top of it. However, for the most part, there is a consensus that they haven't done anything revolutionary with this game. Multiple outlets have noted that it feels like it could have been a DLC or some other kind of expansion, but is still so good at just being itself that it's worth buying the game. And as VG247 puts it, quote, Taken individually, Hitman 3 feels like great value, with plenty of variety and lots to do. When taken as a whole, the World of Assassination trilogy is hands down one of the best and most complete-feeling trilogies in video game history. End quote. And of course, you can play the first two games in Hitman 3, all under one umbrella. If you'd like to buy the game, it's available pretty much everywhere today for the standard AAA price. Feel free to check it out. Alright, this is a story that was actually announced quite a while ago, but most sites didn't pick it up until yesterday. Uh, Two years ago, there was a game mod for the MOBA Dota 2. It was released by the name of Dota Auto Chess, and the idea was that you would take a bunch of characters from Dota and put them on a whole bunch of chessboards where they would automatically battle each other. Well, that concept ended up getting so popular that it spawned its own genre called Auto Battlers, and the mod developers ended up releasing a standalone version of their game called Auto Chess, Valve developed their own version called Dota Underlords, and even Riot Games released Teamfight Tactics as their first non-League of Legends game. So the news today is that the auto chess developers who spun off from Dota 2 announced that they are making a MOBA based on the auto chess universe. So as Kotaku puts it, what this means now is, quote, an auto chess MOBA is a game based off of a game based off of a mod of a game that's in turn based off a mod of a game, end quote, because Dota 2 is technically a mod of Warcraft 3. Anyway, there isn't a tremendous amount of news about the new MOBA but it is apparently going to have a day-night cycle, it'll be free-to-play with all characters unlocked, and it appears to be on mobile, as at least one of the platforms. Anyway, I wanted to share this story because I think it's really cool how you can get to this point where a game released like this is just based on a whole bunch of iterations of previous games. Alright, so in the year 2020, the power of Twitch streamers have become extremely evident, right? I mean, we knew it already, but they really proved it with things like Among Us and Phasmophobia, They just got incredibly popular thanks to major streamers. And today we're seeing not a new game, but an old one, a bit of a resurgence with Rust. It's a server-based multiplayer survival game, if you've never seen it. Now, don't get me wrong, Rust itself was already very popular, 
And in fact, they established a peak Steam concurrent player count at 125,000 last April. So that many people were playing the game at once. Now, with the streamers factored in over the last couple of weeks, popularity for the game has just skyrocketed, and they have already doubled their concurrent player record, up to 250,000. Not only that, but their Twitch viewership has increased by quite literally 100 times its previous uh, average. So they used to get around five to 20,000 total viewers, now it's 500,000, 1.3 million, etc. This has made uh, a lot of profits for the developers, on Twitter, they're sharing like, holy crap, we're making a lot of money right now. So anyway, I love seeing stuff like this because if there's ever been any doubt about where publisher marketing dollars should be, there's your answer, right? Influencers are, are the future and, and the current of video games. All right, folks, that is going to be all for today. Thank you so much for joining me here on the show. I'm going to be back tomorrow with even more news as always. And until next time, happy gaming, everyone. TGO after show. Hello and welcome. One of the uh, one of the perks of doing all of school digital this year is that you can play games while while you uh, while you learn. I mean, a lot of people played games anyway when they were in class if they had like a laptop or something. And what's pretty wild is I, I even remember when I was a kid, my mom was in college. I was probably around oh gosh, somewhere between eight and twelve, something like that. And you know, when I was sick or if I didn't have a school day or something. My mom would take me with her to school. And she was a mature student. She was, uh, she would have been in her late 20s when she went, early 30s, and was, you know, surrounded by a bunch of 19-year-olds, let alone the fact that she had a kid and she was really, you know, the older person. So anyway, they all loved me. All of the teenagers, or I should say young adults, really loved me when I came. And I distinctly remember she had this one class where we were in an auditorium, and sitting in front of us was a dude on a laptop playing World of Warcraft. And that entire class, I just watched him, you know, normally I had like a Nintendo DS or something to hold me over. No, that class, that class, I watched that man play World of Warcraft. And so, you know, then I grow up and I go to university and people are doing the same thing. I saw, I've seen people in my program playing World of Warcraft. It's pretty funny how that, how that works out. But then, you know, other games, games are so much more accessible now. And then for me, you know, I, I never brought my laptop to school, so I couldn't really do that. And now I can, I can, I can play games and get my lesson at the same time. I can have my camera off too, so they don't even know what I'm doing. Although I did just announce the name of this podcast to like my entire program in my introductions of, uh, of a class. So if you're in my program listening to this, hello, please don't tell the professor what I'm doing. Actually, well, I told the professor the name of this podcast too, so never mind. I- I'm not playing video games while-, while I'm learning. What are you talking about? What a silly joke I made. On a completely unrelated note, I've been playing a lot of Legends of Runeterra. I've been playing Hitman 2, which is why, I don't know, I'm in a big Hitman mood. Actually, hold on, let me stay on that for a second. I'm a little sad that I'm not going to be able to pick up Hitman 3 because it's just too expensive for me right now. I'm definitely going to play it and buy it at some point. But what I'm concerned about is how the achievements work. It's something that I really need to look into because, you know, progress carries over. If you if you get challenges done in Hitman 2 and then you boot up Hitman 3 and you play Hitman 2 from within Hitman 3, then the challenges that you completed are still going to say that they're completed, at least as far as I've been made aware. But what I'm worried about are the achievements, because I've made a whole lot of headway on Hitman 2, and I I assume they're probably not going to carry over, which just kind of sucks for me. So I might actually stay on Hitman 2 for a while, and then once I'm done with it, move over to Hitman 3, just so I can get that sweet, sweet 100%. 
I mean, if I ever do get the 100%, the game is so huge with so many different things to do. I would be amazed if I get this 100%. It's going to take multiple years, but hey, maybe it's worth it. Uh, Folks, that's all for today, okay? Thank you so much for tuning in, and until next time, farewell.